Let's go ahead now and let's invite up Pastor West for our Christmas morning message. You may grab me the podium, Tyler. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Man, you guys look so great. Looks like you all got a great night's sleep. Nobody was up in the middle of the night wondering how soon can we open presents. Maybe a few of you, right? That's one of the joys of actually having older children is that they actually like to sleep in on Christmas morning instead of getting up early in the morning. You know, Christmas, uh, I think there's so many great things that happen. I could just go on and on with a list of great things, but some of the highlights would be presents, presents given, presents received, uh, great food, typically. That's all right. Amen. And then also um, just the, the time spent with family and friends, hopefully. And, you know, one of the things I love now about Christmas is actually the opportunity when our young adult children come home just to see the joy of my wife when they show up uh, in the house. And it's just, I think there's something special about a mom being able to spend time with her children, especially at Christmas. You know, there's a lot of things that we can learn from our mothers if we just listen to them. And uh, I don't know that I would have said that maybe 30 years ago, but I say it now. Uh, I recently read a post that said, uh, entitled, 11 Things Our Moms Taught Us. And some of these things I'm going to list with you would have been kind of the wise truths from moms. The first one is, it's not the end of the world. I don't know how many times I heard that as a kid. It's not the end of the world. If you can't say something nice, you shouldn't say anything at all, right? Yep. Uh, time heals all wounds. You should always leave everything better than you found it. Don't things, take things for granted. And watching too much TV can damage your eyes. Did anybody else ever hear that from their mom when you were growing up? I heard it a lot. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we all could have our own list of things that our mom said that were very wise and very helpful. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I think one of the reasons that God has moms is so that they can teach our children uh, really important things about life. Now, here's a question that maybe you've never thought of before, but what do you think that Jesus' mother taught him when he was growing up? Actually, no one, I don't think, knows the answer to that question, but we know that Jesus grew up like any other child. We're told in Scripture that he grew in stature and wisdom like any other child, but the Bible doesn't really tell us what Mary taught Jesus. But I want to look this morning to see what Mary teaches us as we look at Scripture So today I'm going to invite you to look with me at Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, to learn uh, what we can see, what Mary has to teach us this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 26. We'll read this passage. We'll see what Mary has to teach us even today. Again, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Do you remember the last time you filled out a job application? You know, typically they're asking you questions, you have to give them all your personal data, but then you have to kind of list all of your experience, all your education, your background, you know, and so forth. And one of the questions they often ask in that application is, what is it that makes you uniquely qualified for this position that's open? And now how do you, you know, I always wonder how you answer that question. You know, I always feel like to answer it, you feel like you're going to be a little bit conceited to tell them all these things that you can offer in that job. 
But employers assume your availability, but what they really want to find out in that application and in a job interview is, one, what's your abilities? What are the skills? What are the talents? What are the things that you bring that would make you the right person for that job opportunity? But they also want to learn, the second thing is, your liabilities. What are the things, the weaknesses or the problems that you uh, might present that would cause them to say, you're not the right person for the job. So they're looking for your, uh, your abilities, they're looking at your liabilities. But God doesn't operate that way. I think Mary teaches us that God isn't as interested in your abilities as He is your availability. So no matter who you are, God can use you. Verses 26 and 27 paint a picture of an ordinary girl that, from maybe human perspective, might have some liabilities. What do we know from that passage or from other passages? We know, one, that she's very young, probably. Okay? Remember, in that day, it wasn't unusual for, for girls to be betrothed to a future husband at the age of 14. And so, most likely, when Gabriel came to Mary in this passage, she was probably somewhere between the age of 14 to 16. She was very, very young. And we might look at that from a human perspective and say, is that really right? Would God pick someone so young to be the mother of his child, the one that he would bring to earth? You know, we might think she's too young for God to use her, but apparently... God didn't think so, right? We also might assume that Mary was likely poor as well. We read in a different passage in Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, that Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus into the temple to be circumcised when he was a baby. And to do so, they would have been required to offer one of two types of offerings. One, they would have offered either a lamb uh, as a sin offering, or they would have offered uh, either two doves or two pigeons. And the type of offering that they offered would have told you how much income or how much affluence that they had. And so we know from the story that they didn't offer a lamb, they offered uh, two doves, which indicated they probably were fairly poor at that point. And you you and I might think, you know, they might be too poor, right, to provide for Jesus, the King of Heaven. But apparently, God didn't think so, right? So we know that Mary's young, she was likely poor, We also know that she was from Nazareth. What do we know about Nazareth? Well, in a different section of Scripture, when Jesus is older, he's beginning his ministry, there's a man named Nathaniel who learned from some of the other disciples that Jesus might be the Messiah. And when Nathaniel learned where Jesus was from, do you know what he said? How can anything good come out of Nazareth? Is that possible? And so Nazareth had a bad reputation. It was a town that really wasn't considered a great place to live or to be from. And so you and, I might, you and I might think, there's no way. You know what? There's no telling what this girl grew up seeing and hearing in, in a town like that. And apparently God didn't take that into consideration either when he was choosing Mary to be the mother of his son. So Mary, we know, was young. She was probably poor. She was from Nazareth. All these characteristics, we might think, would make her seem unsuitable to God. But God chose Mary for one of the most important jobs that he would give anyone at any point in history, right? And it seems obvious through his choice of Mary Mary, that no one, no matter who you are, God can use anyone. God can use you. No matter who you are, where you come from, what you've been through, what your reputation is, God can use you. You might think you're too young. You might think you don't have enough money or talent or experience or knowledge or You know, whatever. You might think your background or your past would exclude you or your reputation might uh, keep you from uh, being used by God. You might think any of those things might make it impossible 
for God to use you. But don't limit God. He can use you if you trust Him. Out of all the queens and princesses and all the, 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 the daughters born of wealthy and influential people, who did God choose? He chose Mary, right? He to- chose a poor teenager from a town with a bad reputation to be the one who would bring Jesus into the world. So Mary had some potential liabilities, but she had two things that we know that God looks for in every person, right? He, she had humility and she had faith. She knew that she wasn't worthy to be the one that was honored with what God chose for her, yet she believed that God still could use her if she trusted Him. Do you believe that God can use you? Or do you think that you're too small, or you're too young, or too old, or you're too poor, or you're too weak, or you're, you know, your background is uh, too kind of challenging for God to be able to use you? I heard someone say, if you think you're too small, you've never been in bed with a mosquito before. So listen, God is searching for the humble, right? He's searching for faithful people to take part in His amazing plans. Mary teaches us that no matter who you are, God can use you. Let's look on at verse 28. Let's pick up the story at that point. It says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at His words and wondered, What kind of greeting this might be? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. You know, there are some things that you don't want to go through alone. You know, even Christmas, right? None of us, I've never heard of anyone who really wants to be alone. At Christmas, we typically want to be with those that we love, people that we're close or or near to. It's natural for us to want to celebrate Christmas with those that we love. But we also don't like to go through trouble alone, right? If you get sick with nobody to comfort you, you feel more miserable in that situation. When you lose your job or your spouse or your child... It's always helpful to have someone who can be with you to help you through that challenge or that trouble that you're experiencing. The one person that you need more than any else when you face the problems, when you face problems is the Lord. And Mary teaches us that no matter what problems you face, if you're one of God's children, that God is with you. God is with you. The angel says in verse 30, do not be afraid. But we wouldn't blame her if she were. Imagine what fears that she would have experienced when this unexpected pregnancy was uh, kind of gifted or granted to her. First was the very real possibility that Joseph might divorce her. Uh, We know back then that when a couple was betrothed, that literally they were legally connected to one another before they were married. It was as strong as a legal connection as marriage itself. And that the only way you could break that betrothment was if someone gave a bill of divorce. And yet this was potentially very likely that Joseph would uh, give, do that. He at first assumed that Mary had been unfaithful to him, right? I mean, what would he have thought, right? She's pregnant, right? He knew that he wasn't the father of this child. And so we're told in Scripture that he goes about starting to quietly divorce her before he's told in a dream by the Holy Spirit that the baby was, in fact, conceived by the Holy Spirit. But at this point, 
Mary doesn't know how Joseph's going to respond to what God has told her is going to happen. But she's assured by God that he will be with her, whatever Joseph does in response. Then there had to be the, the doubt and the fear of rejection by her family, right? Did Mary's family believe the story that she told them after she had this dream? Did they believe that she had been conceived by the Holy Spirit without a man? Would you believe that if your daughter told you that story? That'd be tough, right? We were never told literally how Mary's parents responded to this news that she broke to them. But I can imagine they probably didn't believe a word that she said initially. But Mary believes that God is with her. So no matter how her parents react, she believes that God is with her. Then I'm sure she has a legitimate fear of rejection by her community. I mean, this probably wasn't something that was easy to bear when she started the show, right? Imagine the gossip that would have been going around in a small town like Nazareth. Some of you are from small towns in, in and around the state of Kansas, and you know that gossip travels quickly, right? Imagine this news that Mary had become pregnant before she married Joseph. They would have automatically assumed <clears throat> that she had been unfaithful in celibacy before marriage. It's likely that Mary was shunned by those who had called her friends. But Mary believed that God was with her, even if her, son, if her friends abandoned her. So Mary's fears were well-grounded, right? You see, the message from the angel totally changed her life. She was getting ready to be married and to live a normal life, but life would never be the same from the moment the angel Gabriel showed up. How could she be calm and courageous as she faced all the problems that would come her way from this unplanned, unexplainable pregnancy? What would those things be that, that caused that? She must have clung to Gabriel's words to her in verse 28 when he said, The Lord is with you. The Lord would be with her. He would help her. He would give her strength and courage to face anything that would come. The same Lord makes the same promises to you and to me. Psalm 118.6, the psalmist declares, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? God promises in Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And so Mary's story teaches us that no matter what problems we face, the Lord is with you. Mary faced all these scary things, but she knew that the Lord would never abandon her. So one of the titles that's given to Jesus is Emmanuel. We just sang about it this morning, which means God with us. One of the great themes of the Old Testament is God living with his people. Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us. The story of Mary reminds us that no matter who you are, God can use you. No matter what problems you face, God is with you. Let's read on and look at verse 34 in this passage. It says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her, in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. There was a little boy who went to his mom and he asked his mom, Where did I come from? 
And his mom told him a story about a beautiful white feathered stork. So the boy was a little puzzled, but then he left the room and he went to the other room and his grandma was there and he said, Grandma, he said, where did mother come from? And he heard a similar story about a stork. And then he looked at grandma and he said, well, grandma, where did you come from? And she told him a variation of the story of the stork. And so puzzled, he left the room. He went outside to play with his friend. He told his friend, you know what? We haven't had a normal birth in this family in over three generations. (laughs) You know, we've been through the sermon series, right? Miraculous births where... We've told some of these stories from Scripture that these unexpected, unbelievable births that have happened, these out-of-the-ordinary births that God had planned. God sent a son to Abraham and Sarah when Sarah was well beyond the years of being able to have a child. Samuel, the first prophet, the last of the judges, was the answer to a faithful, prayerful, uh, persevering, godly mother named Hannah who was well beyond her years to have a child, and we were told that she was unable to have a child, and yet God gave the gift of Samuel. John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, we also know was well beyond childbearing age, and yet she gave birth to this incredible prophet who prepared the way for the Messiah. But none of these special births was as amazing as the birth of Jesus. His birth was a virgin birth. In other words, Jesus was conceived in the womb of his mother, Mary, miraculously by the work of the Holy Spirit, without relations with a human father. Now, that didn't sound any more usual or likely back then than it does today. But look at Mary's reaction in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. So even though the angel's news was unbelievable, Mary believed him. Even though Mary didn't understand it, Mary also didn't doubt it. So she believes that no matter what God promised, God can do it. So even after all these centuries, right, uh, Jesus' miraculous conception remains impossible for our human minds to really fathom. How could that be? But God chose not to explain it to us. The real issue is not whether a virgin can conceive, but whether anything is impossible with God. But why was Jesus virgin born in the first place, right? Only through the virgin birth is it possible for a God to dwell with mankind as a human being himself and pay the penalty for our sin. The virgin birth makes possible for the unity of full deity and full humanity in one human person. You know, the well-known talk show host uh, Larry King was once asked, if you could select anybody from history... Anybody through all time to interview, who would you interview? And he said, well, that's easy. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would want to interview Jesus Christ. And the questioner said, well, then he goes, what would you ask him? And he said, I would ask him if the virgin birth was true, because his answer would define all of history for me. And he said, what he said is true, right? He's right. The virgin birth of Christ is tied to who he is and what he came to do. Mary knew that a virgin birth was impossible in the natural course of events, but she also believed that nothing is impossible with God. Whatever God promises, He delivers. No matter what He promises, He will do it. What promises of God are you tempted to doubt? Maybe it's Jesus' salvation promise in John 11, uh, 26, where Jesus says, Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Or maybe it's Paul's statement in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where he writes, And we know that in all things, 
God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Or maybe it's 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, where it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Do you ever read these promises, maybe especially while you're going through a hard time, and you're like, yeah, right, like that's really going to happen. But these promises are made by the Lord, by, by God, and the Bible teaches us that if we remain faithful, God will fulfill His promises. We don't really know the lessons that Jesus learned from His mother. We don't really know. It's not really told to us by Scripture. We don't know the impact of her life on His life. Uh, we don't know how much of he grew up to be uh, was a reflection of her love and her character. But God left us the record of this young mother married t- named Mary and what she can teach us, even you and me today. No matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, the Lord can use you. No matter what problems you face, if you're a child of God, God is with you. No matter what he has promised the Lord We'll do it. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you, God. It's great. We're so grateful for so many of the stories that come to us through Scripture that are recorded about how you um, proclaim the good news of Christ's birth. All the ways that you were working through human beings, uh, angels as well, God. The shepherds, the wise men. Elizabeth and Zechariah, but also Mary and Joseph. To know, God, that, that Mary has just demonstrated to us that, that it doesn't matter who we are or what we've done, God, that you can use us, that your decision is, and in your unconditional love and through your grace, that you gave a gift that said you valued us so much that you sent your Son to earth to take on our flesh, to live among us in his weakness in human form, and to die for us on the cross. God, it, it just seems oh, just so hard to understand how that's possible. But most of all, God, the, the depth of your love, to go to that extent, to know, God, that you love us and you value us so much. God, we are just so grateful that we can celebrate this incredible gift this morning. God, help us to respond as Mary did. She was available and she was faithful, God. Help us to be available, to be faithful, God. To trust you, even when it gets hard and challenging. To know, God, that what you promise, you will do. And so, God, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to stand as we respond to the word we just received. Thank you.